0: All right, final hour here on After Hours. Thanks for joining us uh, throughout the evening. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, who joined us today. Pete Sweeney will join the guys at Fesco in the morning tomorrow. So will Dana and Hughes. Dana and Hughes at 7.30. Pete Sweeney at 8.25. Then Nate Taylor on with Cody and Gold at 1 o'clock as we get you ready for what is the Broncos week. Um, You know something? I don't know why my voice did that. Maybe puberty's coming back. Can you hit puberty twice? What do you think? Yeah. Can you go
1: reverse puberty? Like can I you, feel like there's a second puberty, probably. Why do
0: you lose hair on your head but
1: nowhere else? Yeah. It's weird. Um, here's the deal. These are questions I don't have the answer this to. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not qualified. This is
0: James Palmer on if the teardown in the Broncos locker
2: room is officially happening. Guys, I was at that Nathaniel Hackett poll. It's a credential I'll save. I'll probably put it on the wall and think about it off and moving forward. And it's true. You look at the Denver Broncos and being there yesterday – The sense that I get from players in that locker room is a potential teardown is coming. That's just the way some of these players feel. Ian, you had a report yesterday about Frank Clark that I've heard similar things. There are thoughts in that locker room to where changes could start happening in terms of this roster before the trade deadline. Now they sit at one and four. Randy Gregory, guys, that move, that release and then ended up being a trade, being in that locker room last week, that's what really shook up this group. If you ask my opinion, talking to players, it was... OK, now Sean Payton's going to come in and start doing things his way, in a sense. What happened in this game on the field was once again a tale of two halves. They haven't been able to put a full game together. Sean Payton upset about not running the football in the second half. They come out of halftime, guys, five straight possessions, negative 18 yards total. That doesn't that happen very often in the NFL, and that's, uh, that's not going to get you a lot of happy guys In your locker room, it was just an ineffective offense and a defense that has had an inability to stop the run at a historic level uh, so far this season.
0: Somebody that likes gambling, myself and Nick Price, and so does James. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs go into this game minus 10 and a half, the over under 49. So Vegas looks as the Chiefs basically winning this game like, I don't know, 21 to 3. Yeah. Um, Not really a close game. Pete Sweeney, who joined us earlier, uh, agrees with me that this could be a slaughter James Palmer there on NFL Network today, who's covering the Broncos, who has been covering the Broncos the last two years. A lot of interesting points there because Denver is in a state of collapse, right? You go back and look at what the Denver Broncos did in this offseason. They went and got Sean Payton. They got rid of Nathaniel Hackett. And then Sean Payton starts running his mouth, uh, talking a whole bunch of bull junk about stuff that, you know, don't wear bucket hats, chains, and sunglasses on the sideline. Be professional. And then the Jets in in the preseason trolled him. Then yesterday, they played the Jets, and Nathaniel Hackett got the game ball. That's an FU middle finger to mm-hmm. your face. Coaches never get the game ball, ever. It's just like an unwritten rule. It always yeah, goes to especially, players.
1: Especially not an offensive coordinator.
0: Right, and Denver just looks like a team that didn't progress. They got rid of uh, Gregory, who they signed this offseason. Eventually, or immediately, it was just like, after four weeks, like, yeah, we're not going to keep you. We're going to get rid of you. We'll take a draft pick. That's not working out. I don't see this team staying together. I could see them getting rid of pieces. They literally can't get rid of Russell Wilson. They're handcuffed to arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's just every week it's a different story. And and Russell Wilson, who is the the cringeworthy, let's ride. Sauce Gardner mm. beats him. Tweets out Jets country, let's ride. Puts a donkey face emoji on his on his Twitter handle. And I think it's crazy because like listen to Sean Payton in this press conference when they ask him about the whole Nathaniel Hackett
1: thing. A lot of focus on this game, your USA Today comments regarding Hackett. How do you look at that as a chapter in your coaching career where some people yeah. might say
3: Hackett got revenge today? Yeah, listen, they played better than us. And I credit, you know, Robert and that staff. They won the game, um, and I think that's that's how I look at it.
0: Coach, do you regret, though, those comments, making those comments? I, as far I, already, I already
3: addressed that, though, and it's a fair question. But I think we already addressed that the next day.
0: And this is. All right. Thank you guys. Yeah. This is the best part because Sean Payton in the offseason, again, was supposed to be the saving grace. He was supposed to be the guy, you know,
1: the the, fixed Russell Wilson,
0: right? It's I'm going to take away some stuff. And then he had a bunch of like really key quotes of, you know, that was one of the worst coaching performances I've ever seen. You know, you can't get beat like that. I can help out Russell Wilson. And then he tells like, hey, Russell Wilson, I need you to stop being so political. Quit kissing babies. Go out there and play quarterback. Let's do it. And then this past weekend against the Jets, I mean, they got beat bad. And Brees Hall ran all over them. And this was a game in which after the game was over, the tough questions come. And Sean Payton has no answer for him.
1: That was an up, up and coming defense like a year or two ago, too. Right. You know, a lot of young guys, a lot of talent on that defense. And, I mean, they're the worst unit in the NFL now. Yeah, and you really- heard, you know, you heard in the report earlier about, you know, mentioning names like Frank Clark. I mean, when you got a guy like Frank Clark in there who was used to winning Super Bowls or at least, you know, competing for Super Bowls all the time, and then he's got to deal with this. Right. That's going to cause a lot of dysfunction in your locker room. And I don't know how they fix it. You know, they're, they're tight at the hip, like you said, with Russell and with Sean Payton. There's no real clear way out for years to come. So, I mean, luckily in Kansas City, most people don't like the Broncos. They get to just kick back and watch this dysfunctional franchise just, you know, basically just give a few laughs because of how bad they are.
0: And the other thing that makes it even sweeter is that they're almost hated league wide
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because
0: nobody likes Russell Wilson. Nobody likes Sean Payton. And now you get to attack the division. Now you get to go beat the first division opponent that you play this year in your house on Thursday night on a short week's rest. And a lot of people will say, like, is Kelsey all right? Is is everything going to be all right? It doesn't matter. Um, this was Mitch Holtis on the drive talking about is there a Kelsey decline?
3: I think I brought this up at the beginning of the season when he missed the Detroit game. The fact that at that time I had him at 9,200 snaps from 2014 to now now we're up at another 50, 60 snaps. I've not done the update, but we're, we're, you're talking 93, 9,200 snaps. And CDOT, these are hard snaps. Think about the routes he runs that are more deeper routes in the whole route tree than probably most than any other tight end in the league. And then he's still asked to do all the grimy work that tight ends have to do in the league. Like, he has done so much. To me, it is – I still think he's got superpowers, but it's just – there's been a lot of hard snaps that he continues to grind. So, yeah, he's 34. He's not 24 anymore, but he's still so effective. To come back into the game to make those big catches and then that touchdown catch was uh, remarkable to me because I don't know how many other tight ends in this league would even be able to go back into that game.
0: Mitch Holt was on the drive with carried Harrison Day as He is every Monday at four o'clock and Travis Kelsey in this game against the Minnesota Vikings had 10 for 67 and a touchdown. And so, he missed time. And he missed an entire, what second quarter, like halfway yeah, through a little second bit quarter. of the
1: third before they were willing to put him back out there too. And then
0: he got back in there and still 10 receptions for 67 yards. Um, obviously Justin Watson had the two for, for 56. He had the big jump ball. Uh, Catch! I I sent to our two
1: incredible catches, (laughs) right? And
0: I sent to our group text Whiteman can jump. Yeah, Uh, turns out funny, Um, but no, and you look at, at what Travis Kelsey is in this week, as we talked to Pete Sweeney earlier about, you know, the injury and not Pratt, nobody practiced today. It is a short week. Travis Kelsey is a veteran. They wrapped that ankle up. He went in there, probably played on a lot of adrenaline. Who knows like, you know, how the ankle was feeling. It was rewrapped and he got in there and still had 10 for 67. Um, But the thing about Travis Kelsey in this game against Denver is do you really think that you need Travis Kelsey in this game? And if Uh, you do, you probably don't need 100% of Travis Kelsey because the way I can see this game going, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm, you know, rose-colored glasses, but Travis Kelsey not being 100% in this game doesn't necessarily concern me. Now, I know last year when they played the Broncos, they were close games and they were interesting. I know they got out to an early lead, big lead in the second game. Yeah, but they had Nathaniel
1: Hackett, great coach. Right,
0: yeah, and they still have Russell Wilson who in this past week – was 21 of 30 for 196, two touchdowns, Classic. sacked four times. So throwing the ball a lot, but not for a lot of yards. His number one receiver was Samaje P. Ryan with a team that has Jerry, Judy and Cortland Sutton on that team, who I don't think will be on that team once they lose to the chiefs and go one and five. But the thing about this is the defensive unit that you have against such a piss poor offense that the Denver Broncos have in a bad defense. This is a game in which I think you can get it Right. Uh, against a, a less superior team. Now, the Bears, they they beat the Bears. They came back and won. That was a really confusing game for the Bears. That was more on the Bears' defense than it was the offense. I yeah, know there was
1: Two bad teams playing each other. Right. Weird stuff's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and this is a game in which Denver, like we had just played the audio – The locker room is in shambles. They're trading players. Sean Payton is discouraged. They're on a short week, and they got to play the best team in the AFC in their house on Thursday night football, where that place will be absolutely juiced because you're coming off of back-to-back road games in which these fans are pining to get to the stadium. They're ready to go tailgate, and they're ready to see the Broncos lose, and it's not a good recipe for a team like Denver. So when you put all that into the melting pot, and come up with a recipe. It's literally go out there and just win the game. I don't care how you win it. I don't need a blowout win. I would love, like, the Broncos got beat by the Dolphins 70-20. to I'd love that. Yeah, that'd but be fun. But more so what I would love is if you just go out there and win 21-3, to shut them down completely, cause more frustration with that team, and basically put them on the chopping block for the rest of the season.
1: Right, and I, I don't think that you need Travis Kelsey in this game. I mean, you didn't have Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones, and you almost beat the Lions, who are – 50 times better I mean, it should have been than the, the Lions, Broncos you just you know? had drop
2: passes. And, yeah, exactly. You had one
1: that was kicked up in the air for a pick six. Other than that, right. you win that game. But right. what I'm the way that I'm looking at this is you don't need Travis Kelsey in this game. Even if he is active, I would not push it too hard with him because the Broncos suck. You're playing at home. It's prime time. Like you said, it's been weeks since they've had a game at Arrowhead. This crowd's going to be juiced for it. They're going to be ready. And it's just going to be more of the same, you know, whether it's a, 17 to 10, kind of win, or it's a 70 to 20 kind of win. Chiefs are going to take this one. Like, no doubt.
0: Right. And if you can't beat the Broncos without Travis Kelsey, then you just didn't have a good night. Right. Because that's just, this is a week two preseason game, at least in my mind. I know they're going to try to beat you. I know they want to play upset alert. I know they have nothing left to play for, but still, it's in your house short week. We'll see what happens. I think that locker room is enough of a distraction to cause this game to not go the way they want it. Whether you bet the 10.5, that's on you. I don't know. Uh, Raiders go up seven I to will. three against the Packers. The other thing is the Packers just threw an interception. And the Raiders go immediately into the red zone. We'll keep you posted on the other side. Plus, um, Matt Nagy spoke today, and he gave a good inclination of what the status is or what the state of this wide receiver group is. We dive into that and what this offense needs moving forward the rest of the season. James, Nick Price, Dusty Likens, this is After Hours on Six Ten Sports Radio.
1: Another dollar? Yeah. Another day, another dollar? Sounds like uh, yeah. the
0: drive is getting ready to start.
1: Let's do this. It's
0: not. Um, This is After Hours, Dusty wagons Nick Price, Chiefs in sole possession of the one seed. Of course, the rest of the division right now, after five weeks, Chiefs, the one seed, Dolphins, the two seed, Steelers, the three, Jags, the four. Your wild card teams are the Colts, Ravens, Bills. Uh, So far, I was right about Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um...
1: I also just don't believe in the Ravens. Yeah, they choked that game away.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean Stephen A. Smith had a rant today that the Baltimore Ravens are not going to get their money's worth with uh, Lamar Jackson. No. Um. Nine one three chimes in. Chiefs don't take their foot off the jugular. The most dangerous dog is a wounded one. Uh, in reference, I guess to uh, Travis Kelsey. Also, uh, way to go. Um, way to go, Mayor of Minnesota. As uh, you said that they were going to uh, beat the Chiefs, and Travis Kelsey put 10 catches for 67 yards and a touchdown on you with one
1: ankle. When are mayors and politicians going to stop talking football? Never. Ever.
0: I don't know why. The last mayor that really messed up got called a jabroni. And then right. did you see outside of Minnesota's stadium, they had signs that said Mr. Pfizer" and then they had mm-hmm. go beat Taylor's yeah, boyfriend.
1: I saw, I saw that. Didn't work out. Hey, The um, only mayor that could talk any trash is Mayor Q. Because yeah. his team backs it up.
0: And he doesn't even talk.
1: No, way. he just he handles it he well. He throws out best. He handles it well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dan and KCK chimes in. Hi, Dusty. Great win by the Chiefs. Kelsey coming back with a TD and a Pacheco TD. Rice TD defensive getting the uh, the tone with uh, Josh Oliver fumble. Chiefs should win by four touchdowns versus Broncos. Take care of you as well. Dan and KCK take care. Banner listener. Yourself, yes. Uh, another banner listener. He and Batman, Big T and Shawnee uh, also up there as well. But Text then comes in, Justin Watson, 84, looking good when he's targeted. No doubt about it. As we uh, teased, Matt Nagy was on today about the uh, the wide receiver room, right? There was the, uh, you know, what's the state of the wide receiver room? This was Matt Nagy, the office coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, mentioning that wide receiver room.
4: It's going to be more of the committee approach. I think the guys, um, we all kind of understand uh, – when you say, you know, a guy like Travis Kelsey, you know, he him being a tight end, uh, but somebody that like yesterday had 10 catches, uh, and and teams know that and they know they're gonna put plans together to try to stop them. But that said, we also have great, great wide receivers that we know they all have different strengths. And we've been saying that all year long. Um, and for us, it's our job as coaches to put them in different spots to to utilize their strengths. At the same time, um, they also know that they got to know these circles and spots within the offense and and not just their particular route. You know what I mean? They, they got to understand the concept. And then what we do is we have a phenomenal quarterback that's able to spread the ball around. And I think it probably, it makes it difficult for defensive coordinators to go into a game and say, hey, listen, this guy, um, we're going to shut him down and they they can't throw it to these other two or three guys um, because they're just guys. See, we, we feel like we got a bunch of really good, players at the wide receiver position that all have different strengths and we just want to utilize them to the best of our ability.
0: Different strengths is an interesting uh way to go about that. But what I do want to bring up is do you you do realize who the leading wide receiver is on this team right now? Mm-hmm. Justin Watson. Yeah. He's averaging 20 point four yards a game. He has 163 yards receiving. The next best is Travis Kelsey with 155, who has missed a full game and basically a quarter and a half of another one. After that is the rookie Rasheed Rice with 140. Um, where it gets a little, I guess, a little confusing is that Kadarius Tony 57 yards receiving, um, and Sky Moore 112. Now, I know that somebody needs to step up, and somebody really needs to be that guy. I think where she Rice is is he now has his his second consecutive or his second game with a touchdown, not consecutive, obviously, but this comes uh, from X or Twitter. Justin Ross was targeted 66% of the snaps he played. Sky Moore was targeted on 5% of his snaps. Probably not the variance you want from your wide receiver two and wide receiver seven, um, if that's the number you want to put on it. And then you look at what the comparisons were with Skymore and Rasheed Rice as Ron Cobb, Jr., lead film analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio, or Arrowhead Pride, says, Skymore has run 127 routes this season. Five of them have resulted in a first down or a touchdown. Rasheed Rice has run 66 routes this season. 11 of them have resulted in first down or touchdown the Chiefs wide receiver room is begging for someone to emerge. First step is replacing wasted snaps slash
1: reps. Preach
0: could not be more uh, dead on about what he's talking about there. But I think when you look at this team and you look at this receiving core, which Matt Nagy says it's going to be a committee and obviously Travis Kelsey is a hybrid of a player because he is a tight end position wise in the stat book, but he plays like a wide receiver and has the ability to change the game like a wide receiver. I think when it boils down to it, is that Mahomes is so polished as a quarterback in this league. Obviously, being the you know the defending MVP, two times Super Bowl, two times Super Bowl MVP, and one time Offensive Player of the Year, and, and has done just a tremendous job so far in the league. You have got to earn the respect and the trust, which are two very different things, but two very very important things. Because when you have to earn that trust, that means Mahomes knows. That when you call this play, you're going to be in that spot. You're going to catch the ball and I know it and I don't have to think about it. And then the respect is the fact that he knows that he can go a little bit outside your comfort zone and you'll be able to adapt. Nobody has done that this year. And Justin Watson has kind of been that guy. And Rasheed Rice is starting to become that guy. And those are two of your top three leading receiving candidates when it comes to yardage. Again, one fifty or 140 and 166 or 165, whatever it was with Watson. That's the thing with this receiving core is that, yes, they all have talent to play in the league. They're all wide receivers in the NFL. The problem is... Do you have the trust and the respect from the quarterback that's throwing you the ball that under the age of 30 has beaten every team in the NFL? He's won two Super Bowls, two MVPs, and two Super Bowl MVPs. You've got to let him believe in you.
1: Well, when you hear that stat or the tweet from Ron Kopp, and he's talking about, you know, just wasted snaps on a guy Mm -hmm. like Sky Moore, which, you know, Sky Moore might be able to play a part in this offense, but he's not the guy. He's not that guy. He should not be out there on every – every snap or 80% of the snaps or whatever. He hasn't shown anything that really proves that he deserves that spot. Right. He mm-hmm. hasn't earned that respect, that trust from Mahomes. My thing that I'm asking is if Watson and rice are the two guys right now who are doing it, mm-hmm. then we need to see them get a little bit more because I understand what Nagy's trying to do. You know, wider rec- city wide receiver by committee approach, but clearly they're not confident in Kadarius Tony to go down the field. They only throw him screen passes mm-hmm. and gadget plays. And Justin Watts or Justin Ross, when he's out there, he seems to be getting open, or at least yeah. you know being able to high point the ball as a receiver that Mahomes has never really had, mm-hmm. which opens up a whole new bag of tricks and something new and fun for Mahomes to tool around with. But right. my thing is, is you know, wasted snaps. I think was a really good way of putting it because. I know that you pay money to MVS, and I know that he stepped up over time, but that man is invisible more games than not. Right. Same thing with Sky Moore. Same thing with Kadarius Toney. You got to just kind of, you know, this is the week of any week where you feel pretty confident. I mean, we were just talking about if the Chiefs' best skill position player and, you know, the greatest tight end to ever do it doesn't play, we're not worried about it at all Mm -hmm. because the Broncos are that bad. This is a game where I would just go out there and I would line up Rasheed Rice on 85% of the snaps on the outside. Mm. And I put Justin Watson out there and I put Justin Ross out there for 65% of the snaps and see if you got something, you know, because we're, the trade deadline's approaching. It's at the end of this month and you got to know where you stand. I mean, mm. you know, I, I feel like, uh, as you see on the text line, you know, they're saying dusty, I'm sorry, but Sky Moore is overrated. And can we trade for Hollywood Brown, please? Well, you don't know if you need to trade for a Hollywood Brown or Mm -hmm. give up that kind of draft capital or if you can even make something work salary cap-wise because you're probably going to have to move some things around, move some signing bonuses and stuff to make a move anyway with how tight things are. You're not going to know unless you give these guys who are producing a chance to show, hey, can that guy be a reliable target on the outside? Can he be that guy that in a big game can have seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown because Mm -hmm. none of these guys look like it right now.
0: Yeah. I think that to give this an analogy of a restaurant, you're going to have your new hires that have been there for a month. And
1: they're going to come to their
0: general manager and be like, Hey, can I close? And it's like, well, we've got our closers. And it's like, well, one guy's always, you know, Pitching and moaning about, I want to go home. I don't want to be here. And it's like, you know, I'm tired of you doing that. Let's put somebody in there that's hungry, that wants to prove their point. And they go in there and, and they're And that person closed.
1: always comes in. They do their side work. They right. do a good job. They do a good job with the customer. And, and but guess, they're just not working a lot. But they're then, working Tuesday nights. But
0: then guess what happens when you put somebody that's hungry in there that wants to prove it. All of a sudden, they gain the trust and the respect and everything with that general manager. And then when that general manager makes that floor chart the next day, they're going, you know what? Brian's going to close and Dave's going to close because I know that these guys want it. They want to do it. And then guess what? Then guess what happens? Those guys that used to close those morning shifts or those night shifts. Why am I not closing? I don't know. Prove to me that
1: you still want to do it. Prove to me that you have this. Oh, okay. I got to work harder. You know, I got to do a better job. I got to make sure that I'm doing everything that's required of me in order to earn that spot back. And I think, which you that's know,
0: another one of those in-house competition right. type of things at work. It's and like, this hey. whole
1: little dice roll thing of right. like, you know, hey, we'll just get, we'll just send these guys out there on any mm-hmm. given play. You got to have some cohesiveness. I know that it's early in the year. Yeah. I know you've only played five games, but you've got to be able to say, hey, this week we're trying Justin Watson and Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice. Yeah, that's what we're doing. If it works, we're gonna keep going with it. If it doesn't, we can adjust. But just going out there and getting all of these guys three to four targets a game. I don't think that's sustainable.
0: And I do think that it is time for, you know, time to be lost for lack of production. I don't think that's a negative thing towards somebody's career, but I'm, and again, I'm not giving up on sky more yet, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, like, we're gonna try something else this week. If you don't like it, prove to me why you think you should change it. And right. that's just kind of where we're at with the wide receivers because the run game is trusted. You know what you're getting from Isaiah Pacheco every single week. Pacheco's you know it, the guy, you know and they're
1: it. and they're holding on to McKinnon for later in and the year. And that's fine. You can and tell what they're doing.
0: You know what the you know what the run game is. You know what the tight end game is. You know what the quarterback game is. The only thing is is. Let somebody go out there and show that they can be that guy for Patrick Mahomes. On the other side, why the Chiefs are going to continue to be hated, why I think it's okay that they hate you because they ain't you. This is the After Hours edition on a Monday night after a Chiefs victory on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, 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 Back in on After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. I want to play you a little bit of what Andy Reed had to say about needs, Sneeds. Uh, and the Vikings fans wanting a pi, and then we're gonna get into why everybody is just gonna start continuing to hate the Chiefs.
5: He was just running with them. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't grabbing them or pushing them or anything. He just that's how they were just running down the field. So, and then the ball was, you know, obviously it wasn't catchable. So, but he um, he, he, he did a nice job. I thought on him. You know, I thought it was a good call. I mean, I thought it was a I think picking picking the flag up was probably the right thing to do. They they communicated which. All, that's all he asked for. I mean those one guy, you know, they're they're human beings, so they're working on it there.
0: Andy Reed on the uh on the call to uh I guess a lot of fans, you know, obviously didn't like. Um here's the thing. The Chiefs are going to continue to be hated. And we've we've been calling this. I say we I have been calling this for 2 years now. Because the more you win, the more you are hated because it's annoying because teams just start people. I mean, fans just start getting annoyed at the same team winning over and over and over again. And I didn't grow up in Chicago in the 90s when the Bulls were consistently winning titles and consistently being in the playoffs. And Jordan was the best player the world has ever seen. And then, you know, you grow up watching Dallas and everybody's like, oh, God, Dallas in the Super Bowl again. Dallas wins again. I hate Dallas. And then they're coined America's team. You look at the Patriots. It was cool when they won. You know, you had the 9-11. Tom Brady takes over for Drew Bledsoe, and the Patriots are champions year after year after year. They dominate the division. You move on past that. You look at the Yankees. You look at the Golden State Warriors, and everybody's just like, at the start, oh, Steph Curry, generational talent, super fun. fun to watch. Every kid's buying a Steph Curry jersey, shooting threes from half court, and then here come the Chiefs, and there's Mahomes, and you've never seen quarterback play quite like it and they go to five consecutive AFC championship games. All right, that record's cool, but it's kind of annoying. Then you look at Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl. He's won two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, you know, offensive player of the year. The the Chiefs are who they are. And now all of a sudden, with being on a bunch of primetime games, you're being watched more than you've ever been watched before, which means teams are getting, or fans are starting to watch your team do things. And what we talked about last week is that the Kansas city chiefs get a penalty that goes in their favor. They don't miss on the next chance. And I compared it to somebody that you played darts with. If a ball, if a dart goes off the board you're like, ah, I hit a metal piece, go ahead and shoot again. That's unfair. I'll let you do it again. And then they hit a triple 20 or a, you know, a triple or a bullseye or something like that. And you're like, damn it. I hate when this guy gets a second chance. Cause he always capitalizes. And then you start to see fans fail to go back and look at receipts, to things that have happened in the past and how I want to defend this Legereus Sneed thing. And this is not me being biased. This is not me being a homer. This is just me taking the opposite side approach or the devil's advocate side of things. And I think that when you look at what happens with the situation that was the, the, the they wanted the PI play, Kirk Cousins threw that ball up in the air because he was pressured. And he knew he had a guy downfield, and there was no pass interference. It was a very ball wasn't very, even close. It wasn't even in the vicinity of the play. So it makes it for, you know.
1: Which that that just makes it easy to pick up already.
0: Right. And not a catchable ball. And you don't really see that rule get called a lot with an uncatchable play. Sometimes it's just like, well, he was tackled, but he, he wasn't tackled. He was maybe there was a little bit of grab assery going along there, and 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 it wasn't just the way that it should have been. And then he takes his helmet off. And everybody in their mind that's not a Chiefs fan or not rooting for the Chiefs, freaks out. He took his helmet off, took his helmet off. And I can, I think, explain why he wasn't flagged. Legereus Sneed did take his helmet off, which we all know in football. We've known this for years. You know it in Little League. They always tell you no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what happens, keep your helmet on. And when Legereus Sneed got flagged for that PI originally, he took his helmet off and walked over to the refs. And if you watch it again and you go over it again, he is not hot. He is not over the top. He's not doing anything out of pocket. He walks over to the ref. And I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to be in a way of explaining himself and explaining what's happened. And the ref looks at him and is like, hey, you need to put your helmet on. And he puts it on. Legere Sneed did not throw it down in frustration. He did not throw it away to the side. He didn't MF the ref. He wasn't. He didn't you know, charge
1: up on the ref, nothing. And,
0: and that's one of those things that in the past we have seen this and it hasn't been called. If you remember last year, and this went viral after the game, Jerry Judy took his helmet off in the Chiefs Raiders or Chiefs Broncos game last year. He not only took his helmet off, he walked directly to the ref. He was hot. The complete opposite of what LeJarrius Sneed was. He's champion at the bit, jawing out the ref, and he even makes contact with the ref. No call. And no one says anything about it. This year, Deshaun Watson walked over to a ref and literally put his hands on him and moved him. No call, no nothing. no. I think he might have been fine later on, but there was no sort of any altercation in that game that happened. But what happens when it happens with the Chiefs? Everyone gets mad about it because in the Jets game, there was a crucial play. that got called for a penalty. That's not the Chiefs' fault. The referee made that call, and if there are times in the game where I wish referees would swallow the whistle and just let it happen. Absolutely. But that's not in your control. That's not in my control. That's just part of the game, and it happened in the Super Bowl. And guess what? Everybody watched that Jets game. Everybody watched the Super Bowl. And that 325 game was the number one televised game on Sunday afternoon because it was 325, and everybody had that game on their network unless you were in a team, you know, unless you were outside. Unless you were in Denver. Right. That was your game that you watched, and so everybody watched that game, and they saw that call, and they saw that altercation, and it was different than other ones. Should he have been flagged for taking his helmet off? It's 50-50. It depends on that referee. But again, how many times in your life do people get you where you say, hey, if you just tell me the truth, it's going to go a lot easier. LeJarrius Sneed, if he takes his helmet off and throws it down or he goes over there and he's, you know, MFing and cussing the referee, they're probably throwing the flag. He didn't do that. It didn't get called. Move on.
1: Here's something, too, is that you've got Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the game, which I know a lot of people don't love Tony Romo on the game, but I think we can all agree that Jim Nance knows football, right? He's been doing a great job for a long time. Both of them were talking about the P.I. and talking about picking up the flag. They never once really talked about Lejarius taking his helmet off until McConnell came over and was losing his lid about, hey, he took his helmet off. He took-. They're like, oh, that's what he's mad about. So it wasn't such an obvious thing to say, hey, That should have been a flag, and even if it was, what's getting lost in this whole thing is that it was still Chiefs football, and it would have been a half the distance to the goal, and you would have been getting the ball instead of at the 20-something, you would have been getting it at the 12-yard line or whatever it would have been. And I was just looking through Twitter, and I saw from KC Sports Network the number of penalties that have been called on the Chiefs in the Mahomes era. Overall, you know, I'm not going to go through every single year, but there's, they've had the seventh most penalties thrown called on them this year and third most penalties as a team since 2018. So, you know, people are going to always try to spin the narrative, and it's because the Chiefs win. Mm-hmm. And it's because the Chiefs beat your team, and, yeah, they might get a call that you wish the ref would have swallowed the whistle on that play, right. you know, or would have held onto the flag or whatever it is. But overall, I mean, you can look at it and you can just – you can look at the numbers. It's not like the Chiefs are getting all the calls – and they're not getting anything called against them. In fact, they're getting the third most penalties called against them in this Mahomes era. It's just Mahomes finds a way to win the game, and so you got a lot of salty fan bases that are going to be up in arms about it because one call that happens late in the game that might be questionable, guess what? Most of these calls are subjective calls, Dusty. Mm -hmm. Most of them aren't objective. Like, you can look at, one or two kind of calls in the NFL, like offsides, where you're like, was that guy offsides or was he not? Other than that, it is all how bad was it? Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at this, I mean, people tend to forget the facts and forget that they can go and, you know, you can look up stats like this that say the Chiefs actually get flagged the third most in all of the NFL. Mm -hmm. And what really matters is the Chiefs are just damn good and they find ways to win all of these games so you feel slighted as the other team's fan because you want to point the finger at something else other than that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were just better than you that day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, you know, it is what it is. But you know what? Minnesota game's over. The call's over. And now you get to move on to, you know, something a little bit more different. Let's ride. Broncos
3: let's country. ride.
2: Perfect. Okay. One more
5: time. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's
0: ride.
1: Mm. Broncos country. Let's ride. Perfect.
5: Well,
0: you get that coming up. We uh, wrap this show up. We get back into the things that you want to hear. Plus, we'll play you all the cringeworthy Russell Wilson stuff to get you ready for tomorrow night, which after hours will be on from 6 to 9. For James, Nick Price, Dusty Luggage, listen After Hours from 610 Sports Radio. SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, he clowned Russell Wilson. Second and long, and, and the Broncos, and those are the big
4: horsey uh, players, they have the ball, and they're going to see if they can find a way to move it. Oh, nice. And so what's up?
0: Ha- oh, there's Russell Wilson.
3: Oh, oh no! Oh, that's called uh, an, an interception. That's
5: an yeah, that's not what he wanted to cook. No, I think he burnt whatever he was cooking. <laughs> Bobby Wagner with the interception. The SoCal kid back home, Patrick. How exciting is that?
0: Bobby Wagner coming to town and doing that with his old teammates. Uh, you just got trolled by, by Patrick a, Star by a starfish yeah. that lives under a rock. This is Russell Wilson <laughs> this week on the ra- on the Broncos should be four and one. Yeah, that's the
5: truth. We really should should and could be four and one. Hold on.
0: Um, so I guess he's saying that his only loss should have been the one they lost seventy to twenty. Um, I guess he's thinking that they should have won Which week fair. one, and then he's saying that they should have won last week, even though they lost thirty-one to ten and gave up one hundred and seventy-seven yards to a running back.
5: Onward. Um, but could have, should have, woulda is, is not good enough. I and mean, the, the good thing about it, though, in the perspective of it all, is that um, as we as we continue to go throughout the season, there's, it's a journey. You know, and there's there's a lot of. Oh, um, thank you. Still a lot of good things ahead.
0: There's not. Um, and then this is also Russell Wilson of the mentality and focus. Yeah,
5: I mean, I think there was um, a lot of good things today and, and some not so good. I think that we can play cleaner across the board. And so, you know, we got to clean those things up, um, get ready to go on, on a Thursday night game on the road uh, against a division opponent and go, and go get it. And, yeah, that's got to be our mentality. That's got to be our focus right now.
0: Yeah, uh, the Broncos suck. I don't believe in the Broncos. I understand the Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's not happening, man. It's just, it's one of those things where when you look at the Denver Broncos and you look at last year and you look at what, you know, what's, what's going on with this team, there is a very blatant, obvious reason why this team isn't successful and it's their quarterback. And now you piggyback that on top of your coach who obviously like last year they brought Hackett over and like that was supposed to be Russell and his thing. And they were supposed to make this team great. And like they were supposed to put this team on the map and move forward. And Denver was supposed to compete and they didn't. And I believe what was it last year? Russell Wilson had more bathrooms in his house than he had touchdown passes. And it's one of those things where when you look at a game like this, when it's Broncos chiefs, I'm not saying you have to put up 70, like the, like the Miami dolphins did. Right. I think that was more of like, mike mcdaniel was like i hate this team because i did a lot for them as a kid and then they didn't even give me a chance so now i'm going to show them what i can do and what they're missing out on and watch this and the other thing about this is that last year when this team was you know obviously you had the let's ride you had the stretching on the airplane the cringy subway Mm. commercials and russell wilson has his own office in the facility and he had you know no, no music from future because that was Sierra's baby daddy right. and all that sort of thing. And like you have all these like little nitpicky. I've rules. heard he uh,
1: doesn't give his phone number out to his teammates. Like, they get to contact his agent to talk to him.
0: Right. And he just he's very cringe. He's very anti as a leader for a It's not a locker room. And trust guy. me, I'm no. And I'm like everybody else when it comes to this week on Thursday night. I would love nothing more than to see the chiefs win 35 to Mm three, because I think that's the straw that would break the camels back. I think that's something, and there's not a franchise on this planet that I hate more than the Denver Broncos. I just, I don't like them. I don't like them from when I was a kid, when they put Vaseline on their jerseys So they were tough to tackle. I never liked John Elway. I still don't like John Elway. I don't like, you know, I didn't like Shanahan. I didn't like Jake Plummer. I just, there's a lot about the Broncos that I just never liked, whether that's, you know, being a non-biased fan of the Chiefs and just being a radio, I just, they're, they're not to me a franchise that I enjoy. And when you add Russell Wilson to it and you add Sean Payton to it and you add what happened yesterday against the Jets and then Sean Payton basically talked a whole bunch of bull junk about how the Jets aren't this and Nathaniel Hackett is this way and not a good coach, and then you get beat by him. And then you can't man up at the podium and answer questions and say, I've already answered that. It's a great question, but I moved on, whatever. It's like, no, 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 dude. When you fire shots like that, like when you play poker. We talk
1: that trash.
0: Right. When you play poker and you win a big hand, and I'm notorious for doing this. You can ask my friends. And you win a big hand and you do the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration and boom, when you lose a hand, you better be ready to sit there and take that exact same celebration in your face. And if you can't, then I don't want to see you try to bring that in. And that's exactly what the Broncos are. They're a team that thinks they're better than they are. They're one and four. They're not the team. Could that, that, be four
1: and one. Probably should be.
0: They're not. No. And, and 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 it's just it's a it, joke. It's an easy team to root against. I think the Chiefs take care of business. I know they're 10 and a half point favorites. The over-under is 49. I think Vegas sees this game being like somewhere 30 around 30 like, to 20. Not even that. I think Vegas sees this game being like four, 21 to three. Like, I mean, that's only 24 points. I get it. Or maybe they think this game can be 28 to 10. I mean, that's 38. That's still not close to 49, but it's a Thursday night game. It's a travel game for Denver. How do you see this game going for the Chiefs versus the Broncos?
1: I think that it's going to be I, – I think we're a, a we lot in the, more
0: – we putting the 401K on this? Is it that safe or is it not that safe?
1: I don't know if it's that safe because I don't think that the Chiefs approach games like Mike McDaniels does mm-hmm. where he just wants to run it up. And we, I mean, we've seen this team time and time again. They're just like, mm-hmm. hey, we just want to go out there and get a win. Right. Get a win, get out healthy, that's all that really matters. And so I could see this being a 24-10 to 10 kind of game, something like that. But mm-hmm. I think what you're going to see on Thursday is you're going to see the Chiefs defense just have a party out there. Mm-hmm. Arrowhead's going to be rocking. They're going to be getting to the quarterback. They're going to f- force some turnovers. They're going to make Russell Wilson look really bad. Yeah. And the offense, I think, is going to do just enough to win. Okay. That's how it is. You know, I think they're going to put up their – you know, 21 to 28 points, and it's going to be a pretty easy win. You know, I would love to see, uh, I would love to see a situation where we get Blaine Gabbard in the game because the Chiefs are up so big, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just a party at Arrowhead. But I could, I, honestly, I think this is just one of those where you kind of sleepwalk through the game, you get your win, you get out. Over under two sacks, over.
5: Okay. Well, I think first of all, I think that, uh, you know, for me, I've always been about, you know, the extra work. You know, if somebody says you, know, you got to do you know, X X amount, I triple it. You know, that's no, you just, that's just how I've always been. You know,
0: what did somebody say tonight with a quote? A wet turd. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Here comes the airplane. Russell Wilson sucks. You know who doesn't suck? James and Nick Price. You guys mm. are okay in my book. I you appreciate don't suck you either. Pete Sweeney, he doesn't suck either. Thanks for joining the show tonight. I appreciate that, Pete. Uh, for everybody else out there, please stay safe. Please have fun. Do nice things for other people. You never know what it can do for their world or the rest of their day or their week. Um, It's cool to care, man. Enjoy the rest of this week. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 9 on After Hours. Dusty Likens with you for James, for Nick Price. You listen to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Good night, Kansas City. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app, brought to you by Twin Peaks Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views.